Welcome to Wind Up Weekly. I'm Matthew Gong. I'm Katie Canfield. And we're here to share the week's news in wine. This week on Wind Up Weekly. Amid scorching summer temperatures, wildfires strike again in Spanish wine growing regions. The US Supreme Court makes ruling which could change wine retail in the country. Controversy in Bordeaux. The president of the Federación de Gran Van de Bordeaux has been convicted and sentenced following accusations of mislabeling wine. Russia increases scrutiny on Georgian wine as part of tensions between the two countries. And as ever, our Wine of the Week. As the heat wave intensifies in Catalonia, firefighters are battling a massive blaze, which between Wednesday and Friday of last week had claimed 6,500 hectares, over 16,000 acres, of land and is still out of control. Authorities have called this the region's worst in 20 years and is an immediate threat to the vineyards in the area. The fire began at a farm in the Tarragona province from the spontaneous sparks in a manure pile, a result of the high temperatures. The forecast inspector Antonio Ramos, who is in charge of the firefighting operation, said, we cannot afford a new fire and the rising temperatures could make the current one worse. Temperatures continue to rise, maintaining over 40 degrees Celsius. They have warned the flames could consume up to 20,000 hectares, over 49,000 acres. The extent of damage to vineyard area is yet to be seen, but it's not only Spain that is under threat. Other parts of Europe, France, and Italy have seen record summer temperatures well over 40 degrees, which could signal high risk for wildfires elsewhere. Gavin Quinney of Chateau Bauduc commented on the ups and downs in temperatures in the region has been experienced. He said, it's 40 degrees C here. It's calming down to the low to mid-30s today and throughout next week. Exactly a week ago, it barely reached 20 degrees C and rained most of the day. And that's been the pattern for June. Up, down, and up again. This is all scary stuff. It seems to be happening on a regular basis. Not just in Spain, but other countries across the world with Mediterranean climates. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, uh, we know all too well, our fires here in Sonoma County and Napa uh, two years ago. And, you know, it was horrifying, people losing their homes. um, But then, you know, looking at it from winery perspective, you had producers uh, locked out of their wineries so they couldn't monitor their fermentations. Um, Smoke taint is a really hot issue all around. But, you know, lots of research is going into uh, smoke taint um, in Australia, California. People are um, really finding out how they can battle this in the winery and still save their wines because wildfires are just becoming sadly, the new normal. This week, the US Supreme Court made an important ruling in favour of wine retailers, which could have implications on sales of alcohol across the country. The ruling came after major wine retailer Total Wine challenged a Tennessee law that required anyone seeking a licence to have been resident in the state for two years. The consequences of the ruling mean that shipping laws within a state must not be discriminatory towards other states. In other words, if a state such as Tennessee allows shipping of alcohol within the state, it must also allow shipping into Tennessee from other states. The implementation of these rules will not be immediate, and states will have to decide whether to allow or disallow shipping of alcohol across the board. So Katie, what do you think of the consequences of this ruling? Well, for me, it was a little bit difficult to figure out the tie between this specific ruling and how it's going to have implications on the rest of uh, U.S. 
uh, legislation, both state and federal. You know, we've seen states uh, in the past few years open up, uh, change their uh, change their state laws uh, as it relates to uh, to shipping, to direct to consumer shipping. Um, but they all tend to be isolated incidents, and you know, these are slow developments, state by state. So maybe it's just a question of time. The consequence of this ruling may not be felt immediately, but it seems to put pressure on the states to open up their um, their laws on alcohol and the distribution of alcohol. Uh, for those who don't live in the US, the laws on alcohol and the distribution of alcohol are Byzantine and very difficult to understand. And it makes selling alcohol, including wine, extremely difficult and bureaucratic. So hopefully this will put pressure to um, unleash the bureaucracy a little bit and um, open up the industry. Thank you, Prohibition. And from Bordeaux, the president of the Fédération de Grand Van de Bordeaux, FVGB, Hervé Grandot and his brother Regis have been convicted of mislabeling around 6,000 hectoliters of wine, worth 1.3 million euros and 1.5 million U.S. dollars, between 2010 and 2014, and for failing to properly dispose of excess AOC wine following an investigation. The brothers allegedly mixed surplus AOC production with table wine over the course of five years at Chateau Laduc in Tresses and according to the president of the court, tainted the image of the appellation. The mislabeled wine in question came from Grandot's own vineyards, involving both of the brothers' businesses, Vinoble Grandot and Maison Grandot Laduc. The sentence, delivered by a Bordeaux court on June 27th, included a suspended four-month sentence with a 30,000 euro, 34,000 USD fine, and both of their businesses were fined an additional 200,000 euros, 228,000 USD. Grandot maintains that he is innocent and has not commented since the verdict was given. The news sparks particular controversy because Hervé served as head of the FVGB, the Bordeaux trade body that oversees the application process for AOC classification and setting up the specifications of the appellations therefore making him guilty of ignoring the very rules he works to enforce. Yes, and as you mentioned, particularly scandalous that the the person who um, oversees the laws is actually guilty of breaking them. Well, you'd think it'd be pretty difficult to ignore, wouldn't you? You would, yes. But it does show that the French rules do exist for a reason, and that is to um, maintain quality and um, authenticity of the wine. Breaking those rules really um, puts the AOC designations in question and really betrays the customer and the trust. Don't want to mess with those French wine regulations. On Monday, Russia announced it would increase scrutiny on Georgian alcohol products entering the country. Coincidentally, the announcement came in the middle of increasing tension between the two neighbouring countries. Although it was said that the change was being made on public safety grounds, the announcement was viewed as a direct reaction to anti-Russian protests in Georgia. And it followed an edict from Russian President Vladimir Putin banning Russian and Georgian airlines flying between the two countries. On Russia's state news roundup program, Vesti Nadeli, Dmitry Kizilyov asked, Why do we even need Georgian wine? No one is going to die of thirst without these bottles on Russian shelves. However, the market for Georgian wine in Russia has been strong and makes up for 70% of Georgia's exports. Russia, whose wine is neither as good or as historic as Georgia's, wants to build its own wine industry, 
and this may further influence the government's policy towards Georgian wine. So, Matthew, I mean, I don't think I understood how important the Georgia wine industry is to Russia. And now, as you said, you know, Russia wants to start building up its own wine industry. Where do you think the potential is there? Is um, It seems quite cold there. Yes, though it is a very big country, so there are pockets. Uh, we did taste some Russian wine a couple of years ago, didn't we? Because you have a friend who works in the Russian wine industry. Ah, yeah, that's right. Hi, Dimitri. And the wine was decent, wasn't it? It was. It was actually very good. Yeah. But I think Georgian wine is obviously much more, it's, it goes about 6,000 years, so it's much more established. And Georgian wine has been getting better and better over the last few years as they kind of draw on their history while creating more international styles. Um, but it does need Russia next to it to, for those exports because that's its neighbouring country and it's obviously a very, very large market. And so do you know what, in terms of quality, uh, I know obviously quantity-wise, a lot of the Georgia wine is going to Russia. So is that more on the upper end of the quality spectrum, or is it more of the cheaper wines? It's going to be everything, because income in Russia is very varied, but most people who drink wine um, are going to be in the upper echelons of Russian society. So I imagine it's the better Georgian wine that's going there, but I'm sure there's lots of cheap Georgian wine on the shelves as well. Well, we might have to get Dimitri on the show and he could provide a little more insight. Maybe. It's a foreign market to us. And now for our wine of the week. And what is it, Katie? Oh, very exciting. Casa Castillo Las Gravas from Jumilla. Yes, and this is made from 70% Monastrel with Syrah and Garnacha in the blend as well. And what's Monastrel? So Monastrel is the Spanish name for Movedra, and it originates from eastern Spain. So Monastrel is its original name. And so this is a 2015 vintage, and it's a pretty big wine, isn't it? Yeah, alcohol is 15%. You don't really feel it when drinking it. It's very balanced. Humilla is the best area in southeast Spain, for Monastrel in particular, and it's good quality because of altitude. This, these vines are planted pretty high, I think about 600 metres, as that cools the conditions down and stops it becoming too overripe and too big. Yeah, the acidity there is definitely giving a little lift to the wine, along with those nice black fruits. Yeah, this is a good fruity wine, but it's got a really nice uh, tannic structure as well, so it's not an overwhelmingly fruity wine. And um, what's the retail price on this? This is $30 in California. Relatively expensive for wines from Humia and the surrounding regions, but the quality justifies that price. And that's always my go-to for value, quality, Spain. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Wind Up Weekly. See you next time.